Electronica was making a couple of comments, you know, earlier, you know what I'm saying? On a, um, a blog I seen, you know, relating to New York and this and that and the third. So, you know, I got an opinion. You know, I was really feeling the way he was talking about it, so I made my few comments. A couple of, you know, internet guys start, you know, pushing things around, whatever. Anyway, yeah. long story short, you go on the Angela Chick show, you know, angry, aggressive, talking about, you know what I'm saying, cats are sensitive and, you know, stick fast if you step to me. He did say he had love for me and others, you know, this and that and the third, but yeah. then he was just a little aggressive. This is New York City, right? And this is my stopping ground. So every time, if I hear somebody like, dog, since you came to the game, your first line of your song before was, yo, when New York cats were such and such. Now, you know, you're on the internet, you're talking about, you know, New York was saying this about us before, and then, you know, I could bring these five artists, you name the artists that can't nobody up north do nothing with. What I'm trying to figure out is, whatever happened in the past happened, and the South is eating now, and you got on, why you keep bringing up old foolishness and keep throwing New York up? So eventually, if you name it T.I., Yo, he could do this. No artist could deal with him. You name it Ludacris. No artist could deal with him. You name it Bun B. You name it Eight Ball and MJZ. I'm taking it offensive because when Ludacris first came around, before his album came out, he came to my crib to freestyle. T.I., when he first came out, he came to my crib to freestyle. Bring him on BET, the DJ, his first time around. Eight Ball from Eight Ball and MJG, first time when he came to New York, I took him through Harlem. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like you using people like that's doing their thing out there like nobody in New York supported the South. Everybody was dogging them. That never was the case, yo. Back in 2003, 2004, my second album, my first single was with 3-6 Mafia, yo, in a video. So whoever you angry at, you need to direct that towards them. But when you keep saying New York and then you saying you don't owe nobody, no explanations and this and that, yo, pop. If I go in the South, the Midwest or the West Coast talking crazy, and somebody asks me, yo, what you meant by that? Yeah, I do owe them explanation. New York, yeah, you owe explanation when you talk crazy, because this is our stopping ground. You a guest here. You pay respect here, dog. You got to pay respect. You can't stomp through New York and kicking over no buildings like we soft. Ain't nobody soft. I got respect for you as an artist. We need lyricists, dog. We need lyricists, you know, and I respect you as that. But the way you was talking and I seen your aggression and everything on that, yo, son, I'm aggressive too. And I am the true and living as well. I got knowledge of stuff, okay? So I ain't no savage, okay? So let's just keep things, you know what I'm saying, real hip-hop and real nice, you know what I'm saying? I said what I said, you said what you said, but you got real aggressive and you was talking about sensitive and then this and that. Only thing sensitive about me is after I come out of something and I drop, dog. You figure that out. You know what I'm saying? You figure that out. Ain't nothing sensitive, yo. You talking about it. And listen, yo, you from New Orleans, dog. You might reside in Brooklyn, but like I said, you got to show respect to cats in Brooklyn. Everywhere out here. You can't be like, you don't owe nobody no explanation for any comments you make about, you know, this city. This is our city. It's our town. This is where we from. Same where you proud of where you from, Magnolia. Where we from. Ain't nobody stopping through here without showing respect. So you said things, you talked about Rizzy, you talked about all that. My whole thing was, you had an opinion, I had an opinion. I wanted to know what you meant by that. And why you kept saying that. You eating now, dog. Let it go, man. Let it go. It's New York, man. And the cats and the street cats that rap and spitting all that, yeah, they riding with me. They riding with me. 
Like you name rappers, I can name five rappers from the street that I put on the stage with anybody you want to bring to the table. And I put it up, son. Corey Guns, Joel Ortiz, Sirius Jones, Pat Poose, Jada Kiss. Like I can name, I could go on and on. Don't be naming people like I can't put cats on the stage with a clock and shut things down. I spoke my piece, man. That's it. Bloggers, y'all have fun. You have fun with him, have fun with me, man. And like I said, this is hip-hop, man. I ain't sending no message. I don't wish that man no harm. You understand what I'm saying? He an air light. You know what I'm saying? I don't wish him no harm. Yeah. Welcome to episode 57 of the Riley Randoms podcast. I go by the name of Riley Ritz, born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Shout out Bushwick, shout out Canarsie, shout out Best Eye. I rap. I used to do OnlyFans. And as of today, I podcast. So, you know, shout out to the old listeners. Shout out to the new ones coming in. I appreciate all of y'all the same. And, you know... Before we get into everything, let me just get this one phrase out out the way. I'm sorry, it's a little gassy. I don't know shit, neither do you. Humble yourself, learn something new. Like there's nothing wrong with there's nothing wrong with being wrong. There's something wrong when you stay wrong. Out of out of your stubbornness, out of your ego, out of despite yourself and others. While acknowledging that you don't know anything and everything, you Open yourself to learning anything and everything. And you continue to do it. So while keeping like the basic knowledge of yourself intact. You know what I'm saying? So th- with that being out the way. Um, uh, unfortunately, K-Slay, DJ K-Slay, um, real name Keith Grayson. We born... On August 14th, 1966, he passed away recently, April 17th, um, from complications of COVID-19. Like, it's, I never thought I would be saying that. That's why it's so hard for me to get out. And that's also why I play the whole K-Slate clip on the, in the, in the beginning, in the intro. Like, normally, I would never have, like, an intro that long. But in this case, I felt like it was appropriate. Because to me, in my opinion, that one clip encapsulates what, like, what K. Slade stood for. What he represented and shit. But let me get to the COVID thing real quick. I didn't even know he was still fighting COVID. Turns out he was he's been in the hospital since January of this year. So he was fighting that for a minute. It looked like he was improving. And then next next thing I know, I'm hearing that he passed. Now, when I first heard it, I thought it was like rumors. I was like, fuck out of here. Because especially where it initially came from, it came from Whack Hundred. Dudes a bozo. So I'm like, I ain't I automatically didn't believe shit. But when more and more news was confirming it, more solid people was confirming it, I was like, damn, that shit hurt. I ain't going to hold it. Like, it's still kind of hard to accept it. 
because he passed away at 55. That's fairly young. That's still young. That was still that's still young in my opinion. So the fact like jeez. Not to mention two years ago, fucking Fred the Godson passed away from the same thing, COVID. And so K Slay passing from COVID, and then a couple days later, the the mandates relaxed. The mandates relaxed about wearing your mask on the planes and shit on the airport. And it's like somebody just died from COVID. And then a couple days later, y'all talking about we don't have to wear masks in the airports anymore on the planes. That's fucking wild. That is wild to me. So my heart goes out to his loved ones, healing, energy, recovery to towards his friends, close friends, family, his loved ones and shit. Jeez. Um, mind you, me and that man share the same fucking birthday. Me, myself, Casey, and Chellis Way, amongst other people, more other people, but um, I just felt like that clip captured the very essence of him. I know that's not obviously it's not the only clip of him, you know, going off like. I know in his early life, he was a graffiti artist. He went by a different name. I forgot the name of it. But then he transitioned over to the DJ world. And he's been a name since. He's he's the important person in New York. Very important person. Like, um, like for example, that clip. The only reason I chose that clip is is because, um, again in the encapsulation we is, but also that's the one that stands out to me. One of the few that stands out to me because I remember Clear's Day hearing that. This is when Jay Electronica dropped Exhibit C when New York niggas was calling Southern Rappers lame, but then Jack and now slang. And I didn't think not, I didn't really think too much of it at the time, so I was like, okay. But then I saw I was seeing clips on Worldstar. This is when this is around the time where World Worldstar was really popular. And he was doing a show somewhere in New York. And I don't know if it was in New York or somewhere else, but he was still bad mouthing New York. Like y'all New York rappers lame, whack as fuck. And I was like, oh shit. He's really doubling down on that. That's wild. And um on Jay Electronica's side, I I understood where it was coming from because he's from he's from no again he's from New Orleans he's from the South. A lot of rappers, a lot of artists from the South, carry that chip on their shoulder, carry that chip on their shoulder since Andre three thousand went up on the I don't know Source Awards or whatever the fuck and made that. Famous, famous saying, the South got something to say. A lot of niggas carry that chip on their shoulder. Jay Electronica was one of them. And that, sh- and that chip definitely turned into a boulder when he was gaining buzz off his fucking, his mixtape joints and Exhibit A and B and C. He really had a chip on his shoulder. 
So I understood why he was come, why he was coming off with the aggression. But at the end of the day, from I'm from New York. And Kay felt the same way. He's from New York. Like you gonna show respect to my fucking city, my state. And furthermore, Kay was really one of those few that was showing artist love. As a matter of fact, fucking Jay jumped on the juvenile. J- Jay jumped on the track with Juvenile for that high remix. That was it to keep himself relevant. Yeah, that's true. But I'm pretty sure he wouldn't have jumped on the on that juvenile high joint if he didn't think it was high too. And fucking he had juvenile on what volume three, the Snoopy track. It was whatever, but still, he extended that branch. And like Kay said in the clip, he had Ludacris freestyle for him in his in his crib before Luda dropped the album. And he had he had artists like T.I. and them on his fucking case on his fucking mixtape on his albums. So he's been show, showing the South love. He's just he's a lyricist type. Like he showed artists love. Whether you're from the South, East, West, it didn't matter. If you could spit, you could spit. That's it. That's all it was. So the fact that somebody bad mouth in the state, like, yo, I'm not gonna allow you to disrespect my city. Like, I understand shit was different from you then. You from the South. Like, niggas is calling you country bunkers and all that. I get that. But you on now. Let that shit go. Niggas is showing you love now. Niggas is showing you your set respect. Get that shit off you, bro. You're not gonna disrespect my city. And so... That, to me, encapsulated who he was. Like, he had great love and pride for his... Great love and pride for his state. And borough. Because he's a Harlem nigga, too. As a matter of fact... I came across K-Slate on two separate occasions. Neither occasions he remembered me from. Like, he remembered me more so from my first... My second, you know, coming across from him than... My other joint. The first time I came across him, I came across him was I used to be friends with this guy named Slay One, whatever the fuck. And he he wanted to perform for K Slow Showcase. K Slay used to do a showcase. And um and I ain't gonna hold it. Like my guy paid four hundred dollars to perform. Me him, myself, and his cousin, we went to Harlem. We went to that nigga's shop to give him the money. To give him the money and secure his, his spot. Now, looking back, was that, was that right? No. Like, paying 400 bucks for a five-minute set is dead wrong. It was dead wrong, but I didn't know any better then, and... I damn sure didn't know any better when I did that shit for myself. So now it's like, this happened to me once. It's like, okay, I, now I got it. But the first time was when my guy did it. And we, and then fast forward, I wound up going with him to the showcase for him to perform. He had a five minute set, whatever, whatever. And I remember that. I remember that night because K Slay let everybody in the joint for free. Let everyone in for free. I mean, niggas didn't have to pay the door fee, nothing like that. He let them in for free. 
Because originally it'd be what, 20 bucks? And I remember he saw me and he's surprised that I looked young for my age. I was in my 20s at that time, but nigga said I looked like I was in my teens and shit. I was flattering to me. Shit like that is always flattering to me. So, um, Anyway, my guy performed. He, like, he didn't win it, but, you know, we saw a lot of people there, you know. My son was there. DJ Vlad was there. Dragon performed. Yo, that's another thing that stood out for me. I remember clear as day. Dragon went and performed. I think he performed this joint called Spit These Bars. Yeah. And once he got done with his set, that nigga looked shook to get off the stage. I bullshit you not. Like, he did not, he, for, he, for a second, he, for a couple seconds, he was hesitant, hesitant to get off the stage. And it turns out, like, some niggas had some beef with him over some music shit, you know? I don't know what the fuck it was specifically, but I know he looked, he felt some type of way getting off the stage, and it took, and K-Slay caught that, and he went up on the stage, just like, yo, you good, you good, I got, I got you, go ahead. And he got off. And that was that was the last time I saw him. No. Case okay, like if he fucked with you, he fucked with you and he made sure nothing was gonna happen to you. That's why I saw him like ah. So that was that. My guy didn't win it, but you know, we networked. Well, I networked on his behalf, passing out CDs and shit. But you know, I shook hands, smiled, whatever the fuck. Got my pictures off. I think the pictures I posted was on the fucking, was on my fucking Facebook. But um, anyway, fast forward. Now this is after me and this nigga Slay had a falling out. Um, fast forward, like a couple years later, K Slay is doing does another one of his showcases, and this time it's like, oh shit. This time I'm doing it for me, you know. So. It's, I, it's the same shit for me. I had to go to Harlem, pay this nigga $400. Well, and he had this store called Wolf Style. I know that nigga was tired of me asking him because I couldn't, I, I couldn't hear him that good. I was out in the street. Wolf Style. Yeah. <laughs> so I went over there to deliver the money. Now, again... I didn't know any better. Now I know, like, paying $400 for a five-minute set is not normal. That's not what's supposed to happen. Like, it's one thing if you're paying $20 at the door and you just sign your name on the sheet. That's how it normally goes. But $400, I didn't really think nothing of it because at that time, my thing is, this is K-Slay. And, you know, he's going to be having some industry people there, so... But even with that, that's not some shit you're supposed to do. And any artist that's listening to that, if anybody asks you to pay money to perform, that shit is a setup. That's a scam. Don't do it. I don't give a fuck who's doing that showcase. It's not worth it. Don't don't ever play yourself like that, ever. But back to my story, I paid the 400. Um, and I'll never forget... I got there super early. The show, his showcase was over at the Pyramid. Club Pyramid, the Pyramid Lounge, whatever you call it. It was at the Pyramid. 
Um, I was the very first one over there because I was waiting on I was waiting at that spot for a minute. It was just me to the point where it was just me and the bouncer talking. And then I saw Kay, Kay Slay go in there, get everything ready and shit. And then because I was the first one over there, I was the first one to perform. And this dude, Ja, Jamel, is his full name. He's Latasha's boyfriend. Like, if you're familiar with the NFT space, like, both of them are very, very relevant there. Have a strong presence. But anyway, because I was the first one there, I was the first one to perform. And I think I had a CD. I don't know if it was a CD or an MP3 or like an MP3 thing, but I had said I had said prior to that I had said get ready my set, and this is around the time I did seven capital cities. Yeah, I, this is around the time I definitely did seven capital. I dropped my seven capital cities to have an EP, well album, <laughs> and um, the joints I did was. Ventilation and the first verse for Heavy Heaven. I I remember clearly what I had on. Um, my flannel, baggy jeans. And I start off my set the same way I start off my other sets. Sitting on the floor in the inside, addressing people. But because I had a five-minute set, I kept it very, very, very brief. <laughs> it just got back to the rapping. And um, I wrapped my shit and... I knew I had a lot. I knew I had anxiety, but I got that through that shit smoothly. And I remember after doing the set, Ja told me that K Slay was near him and he asked him, like, yo, that's your boy? That's your boy? That's your boy? He's like, yeah, that's my guy. He can rap. And he just did this nod. Like, he was impressed. He was, he was impressed that I, the fact that somebody like me can rap. <laughs> uh, but um, after I was the first one rap, I stayed around. Ja had came in there to see me perform, but he left. But he stayed. But not before we saw this dude rapping and this girl. Like, I guess that was this dancer or some shit. Came shaking her ass with this dude that was performing. He stood around long enough to see that, but. That's when he's like, yo, I got to bounce. <laughs> and I couldn't blame him because, again, he was dating Latasha at that time. So I would feel a way too if I'm seeing somebody shake ass and I got a girl at home. <laughs> uh, so, but I had to stay until God know how, how late. 12, 1 in the morning, probably, because there was like 20 niggas on the bed. <laughs> Like 20 niggas on the belt, I feel like. And I had to stay just to see whether or not I would win. You know? And the the judges that they had over there was mainly like straight stunting girls. Girls that were that model for the straight stunt magazine. You know, so they're not even gonna judge it on talent and lyrics. They're gonna judge it on is this music I could shake my ass to. Basically the same as now. Can I get turned up on it? Can I bounce my ass? Can I get lit off this? Turn up. 
They, they don't give a fuck about the lyrics. Like, they judging on the fucking... The judging scale on this very, very, very lopsided. It's not competent to me. So, um, in the meantime, I watched some of the performances. I network. I even saw Chella's way there. Now, this is way, way, way before OnlyFans was used. Like, we kicked it. We kicked it for a minute. And um, as soon as everybody finished, I came up there. And the guy that won was this, this nigga from the Bronx. I forgot his name. He can really rap. Let me just get out that way. I remember that day. He can really, really rap. But I felt like how he won it was based off, you know, a bias advantage because he had K Slate host his mixtape. So I felt like that worked in his favor. But nonetheless, he could really rap. I remember K Slate saying at the end, if you didn't win, don't cry like a little bitch. If you didn't win, you didn't win. It is what it is. And I wasn't coming out of there expecting to win at all, but it's like, damn, this how this showcase was was nasty to me. But at the same time, everybody else knew it, knew that too, and they just used that showcase to just get their shit off and network. So, but um, you know, I I addressed them. Not address them like in a negative way. I addressed him like, oh shit, your kids. Like, he by then, he already knew who I was because from the first performance. He was like, turns out me and you have the same birthday. Like, oh shit, you a Leo? Yeah, August 4th. What's your birthday? August 14th. Oh shit, you, me, and homegirl, Chellis Way shared the same birthday. I was like, yeah. And we just took the picture. I got two pictures of me and him and from me performing first off. And the only thing I regret doing is paying the $400. Like, but then I would have learned a harsher lesson down the road. So, and plus, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, like, got reacquainted with him again and all that other shit. So, I was grateful for that. I was I was grateful to go through that experience. So, now I know what to avoid in the future. <laughs> but, um... Nah. Nah, like... That, 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 um... That showcase was something. And, again... That man did not promote no bullshit. Again, he was a he was a fan of the culture. He was a fan of lyricism. Like, he's not gonna vouch you if you can't rap. That's just it. <laughs> Man spoke his mind bluntly and <sighs> shit. I remember when he cursed I remember when he cursed out Clue on the fucking radio. <laughs> I remember when he clapped back at Jermaine Dupree because Jermaine Dupree, once Jermaine Dupree got, in, got into position, the first thing he said was the DJ is dead. And then Casey reversed and is like, nigga, the executive is dead. <laughs> oh, I remember that that album of his with the single he put out with, it was with him, Anne Marie, 
Loon and Nas. Y'all remember that shit. Mm. I remember him being on Cam's album, Come Home With Me, in the, in the intro. Yeah, man. Yeah. This hurts the culture. To me, this hurts the culture. Like, niggas that I didn't expect to pass away, passed away. But I'm grateful to have crossed paths with K Slate twice. I ain't even got a picture of the show for it, a memory of the show for it. So, you know, minus that $400 shit is like, you know, it is what it is with that. Like, I crossed paths with that man. And I was grateful to be in that area around that time. So that shit is lit. So, yeah. Ugh. Like this is like this is very speechless for me. So again, um healing energy and recovery towards his close ones, his close friends, his family, his loved ones. Um yeah, man. It's not gonna be the same. It's not gonna be the same. That man had his own clothing line. He was notorious for wearing them Pele Pele jackets, and I had a Pele Pele jacket at one point. I bought his magazine, straight stunting magazines. That's how I knew about fucking Cello's Way. And, and come to think about it, that's how I came across Lestaria. 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 Wow. <laughs> and it's funny. And it's funny because as soon as, I, soon as she started following me on OnlyFans, I was like, you look familiar. <laughs> Yo, um... And again, he constantly promoted lyricism. I love him for that. Alone. So Yeah, man. Like, ugh. You're definitely gonna miss him. Um What else? What else is there to talk about? Um what's come across my attention or resurfaced to my attention is the the court case when Johnny Depp suing his ex-wife, Amber Heard, over an essay she wrote for the Washington Post in 2018, which she had said she had become a quote-unquote public figure representing domestic abuse. Although she never mentioned him by name, it, indire it basically indirectly referred to allegations she made against him during their divorce in 2016. Basically, basically calling him uh, a drunk, a cokehead, woman beater. Basically that. A drunk ass coke woman beater. And yeah. And once it came out that the shit was true, shit wasn't true. That's when, again, Depp, Johnny Depp sued her. And he took the stand. He took the stand today or yesterday because I'm recording this in the dead of night. So 420 is over. <laughs> I just realized nobody really gave a fuck about 420 like that. And for good reason. It's been a pandemic for two going on, going on 
three years now, all niggas been doing to cope is staying stuck in the house and smoking weed. And even when we got let out outside, weed is weed is legalized, so it's not like a secret habit you have to enjoy. So niggas just getting high all day, every day. So to the point where 420 is just another April the 20th. So, <laughs> but anyway, back to this. Like, he took the stand. He basically said when the allegations were making his rounds, especially for him being in his 50s, it's over. His lawyer, his lawyer asked him what he lost and what consequences he faced after the accusations. He basically replied with nothing less than, nothing less than everything. I'll put it to you this way. No matter the outcome of this trial, the second the allegations were made against me, once that happened, I lost then. It was not meant to help the relationship. It was meant to feed her a need for conflict. She has a need for conflict. She has a need for violence and it erupts out of nowhere. Whether it was a slap or a shove or throwing something at him. I'm not going to read the whole thing. Just enough for me to get, just to summarize it with what I said on this podcast on and off and what I've been consistently saying online and in person and that's blindly, I'm going to just come out and say it, blindly believe with a woman out of, you know, gender solidarity is not rooted in logic. It's just not. That's why when Scotty Bean came, I mean, when Scotty Bean came out and said, why is it for men, why is it so hard for men to believe black women? And I, how, how I wanted to respond it with was because women lie. Men lie. As long as you're a human being living on this earth and you are prone to lying, you will lie. Just like you're capable of telling the truth, you're even more capable of lying. I'm not going to fucking overlook that and promote anybody to sainthood due to your gender. That's stupid. That's not rooted in logic at all. Don't blindly believe somebody just because they're a woman. That's fucking dumb. Listen to all men. Listen to all women. Believe all evidence, proof, and or character patterns. That is it. That is it. Same how a man would make an accusation against a woman. I'm not going to fucking stand behind him because he's a man. Shit is dumb. Any woman can get mad at me for that. I don't care. Matter of fact, I had a woman mad at me for that. She called me a misogynist, as a matter of fact. And she felt some type of way because obviously she's a woman. Let me not say obviously because she's a woman, right? That's a factor, but that's not the real big factor. So what I got from her response is basically she went through a traumatic experience and more than likely... No one believed her or just automatically dismissed her story. She never, and because, but because I, we was talking about something in general, in general, and I just said like, yo, but my way, but another reason why I said that is because, you know, 
I personally knew someone that got he got lied on and even when the truth came out, his life was still never the same. Even when the truth comes out, people are still going to have their people still have this unwavering public opinion of you. Because it's still going to be, oh, you probably you probably threatened that bitch and you probably threatened her into intimidation to change her story. I st- I don't care. I believe you did it. I don't care what the judge said. I don't care what the such and such said. I believe you did it. And it's fucked up. Like it fucks up your it fucks up your way of living. It fucks up your reputation. Like it's hard for you to make money, hard for you to live, hard for you to socialize. Hard for you to date. Folks act like that's why I'm like, nah. I'm not gonna blindly believe anyone. I'm not gonna blindly believe anyone out of solidarity. Solidarity isn't, you know, taking your word for it because you're a woman. No. Men lie, women lie. Shit, even numbers lie. <laughs> so for Johnny, like, and I believe and I believe him. Even with the act, like, even when this clear, even when this whole thing clears up, when it's all said and done, his career will never, will probably never be the same because people are still going to choose to believe what they want to believe, regardless if the truth ever comes out, regardless of the, with the truth being out or not. They have their mind made up about you. Now it's, you know what? He always gave me that weird, weirdo. Now is he always gave me that weirdo vibe. Now looking back, I think it's kind of funny how now they're going to start revising their memory of you. Public perception can change in an instant. That's why I was so gung-ho when someone attempted to lie on me on the internet. This is at the height of you know the reviews and shit. So, and I tried to explain to someone. He tried to make it seem like it's about ego. And I, this is how looking back at it now, this is how I knew he wasn't really listening to me. He wasn't trying to listen to me. He by then he already had his mind made up about his opinion of me. Because I was telling him, fuck ego. I know what it's about. It's not about ego. It's my reputation. It's my character. So once that shit spreads, people are going to have this weird, people are going to have this weird assessment of me. Like, I don't care about, I genuinely don't, let me not say I genuinely don't care about what people think of me because in that instance, I care about what somebody was going to think of me because I don't want to have the same reputation as a Chris Styles or an R. Kelly. I don't want nobody so no, to know me as some sexual assaulter, woman beater, or sexual harasser kind of guy, because I'm not. To me, that's the scariest reputation to have next to a murderer or a rapist. And thank God that never got anywhere at all. I mean, people are going to have their opinions of you, but as long as you're consistent with your character. As long as you're an authentic being and consistent with your character, you'll be all right. But 
even then, is that even guaranteed? Because like I said, there's always going to be somebody out there that don't like you just because it's you. And that's going to that's going to try to like put piss on your name. But it's the stench going to still linger even after everything is cleaned up, even after everything washes away. Uh, healing energy recovery towards Johnny Depp. And that's a celeb. I mean, I know to most people that's a celebrity, but whether you're a celebrity or nine to five or whoever the fuck, nobody deserves to have their name lied on. Name lied on just because they're just because they're them. Doesn't matter who you are, celebrity and nine to five guy and creative, anyone. No one deserves that. Um, you know what? I might as well talk to y'all. I mean, I've been talking to y'all, but really getting into the intimate shit. Um, recently, I have reached out to my ex back in January. She had reposted a song. I had just released a melanin situation about a week, two weeks, a couple weeks in. And uh, matter of fact, I released it. I think on the 13th and like two weeks later she reposted it on her SoundCloud because I didn't block her on SoundCloud around that time um, I had her blocked everywhere else but SoundCloud so she reposted it and I decided to reach out to her you know we talked and shit was cool you know I helped Pay for her manicure, pedicure, hair, shit for her birthday. You know. And I think we went out for Valentine's Day or some shit. Yeah, we went out for Valentine's Day too. For Valentine's Day. Sorry. And, um, you know, I was still hesitant. I was still defensive when I talked to her. Like, I still had my guard up because by that time, it was like, with, you know, Every time we would try to talk to each other, it would be short-lived. And by short-lived, I mean we would be cool for a couple weeks and then it would go on a downward trajectory. It's that like it already the that trajectory already hit bottom since last week. <laughs> And it was me wanting to spend time with like I wanted to spend time with her because we only seen each other a few times. And the la and again the last time I talked to her before this year was 2020. And again, we started talking to each other January of 2020. Because before then, we haven't spoke to each other or saw each other for close to 10 years. Or nearly nine, at least. But yeah, it was a minute, minute. By then, by, by then, she was already a mother. She had a kid. She had a daughter. Um, and me, you know, 
the only the only fans review was taken off. I was working on the twelve. We just reconnected and shit. We was vibing. We was vibing for a while, and then vibing long enough for me to pay for a shit for a birthday, Valentine's Day, and then you know, it just flatlines. I don't hear for I don't hear. I didn't really hear from her like that until May when OnlyFans review took off. I had her attention and then, you know, shit died for a little bit. And that's when I reached out to her. It was like, yo, I don't hear from you like that. It was like, what the fuck? I don't like when, I don't like when anything in a two person relationship. It doesn't have to be a dated relationship. It can be a friendship. I don't like anything. I don't like when anything is feeling one-sided. I don't like when I feel like I'm putting more effort in than the other person because then I resent you. I start really not liking you because it feels like I'm the only one that cares. It feels like I'm the only one that's giving a fuck enough to make an effort. And when I feel like that person doesn't give a fuck and it's like, what's the point of me even putting the energy in? We've been through this before. So I tell her that. She's like, okay, 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 okay. You know, so. And looking back, I felt like she just told me that to shut me the fuck up. Because basically it went one ear and out the other. Fast forward, my birthday comes. She treats it like an afterthought. I ain't hear from her till middle day, midday, like happy birthday and all this other shit. And I wanted to make plans for her to go out, for her to go out with me on my birthday. And that's when she gives me this bullshit excuse that she had to work. When it turns out she already made plans for someone else to go to New York. And that's when I just cut her off. Like, I hate when people lie to me for no reason. I hate when people lie to me in general, but I more so get pissed off for the lies for no reason. It's the most dumbest shit ever. Like, that's like you telling me you're going to the... That's like me asking you where you're going. I'm going to the store around the corner. I'll be right back. Okay. Store around the corner is like five minutes. The fuck you doing coming back eight hours later? Like... That type of shit. I really don't like that shit. So I stopped talking to her in August 2020. I reached out to her January of this year. Two That's two years later. Well, same thing. Treat her for her birthday. It was like re- muscle reflex for me or emotional reflex for me in that case. Because not only we were friends, we dated once upon a time. So, me spending money on her just came like a memory or emotional reflex, whatever you want to call it. Um, Fuck, I was going to say. So, but I was a little bit more defensive because she was talking about, like, you want to go on vacation and all this shit. And I'm like, if we get along, if I'll tell you what, if we get along long enough, then I'll strongly consider it. I might even do it. Get my passport and shit. You know? And she like chuckled at it and was like, 
I was dead ass. If we get along long enough on the vacation, then yeah. But after a while, I was just like starting to think against it because if she could sit like I'm not going on a vacation with somebody that I'm not actively fucking. I'm sorry. Because I asked her, like, have you went on with a vacation with somebody platonic and nothing happened? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, well, that's not with me. <laughs> I have to be a girlfriend to be traveling. You, I have to be fucking you to travel with you. Yep. That's me. Unless you're a family member, nah. Like, why would I want? Why would I want to travel anywhere with you if we're gonna be sleeping the two separate? Nah, I don't. Nah, nah. Whether it's stateside trap vacations or. Overseas travel, nah. Unless you my girl, unless somebody I'm fucking on the regular basis, I don't want you near me. <laughs> but um, fast forward. I know this is going on a decline, so I reach out to her for the same shit. Yo, I feel like I'm putting in more effort in this. What's up? She keep giving me the okay shit. Like the first time I felt the way and I blame this on myself because I wasn't wrong for how I felt. It's just how I communicated it. Like the first time I commu- like, let me not say the first time. The first time I approached her on this this year, I came off timid with anxiety. So that was on me. I didn't I didn't communicate myself clearly. And and just stood my ground and shit. But once I calmed down and got my thoughts together and was able to communicate clearly, that's why I reached out back to her and just said, yo, I need all I'm asking for you to do is to be present. That's it. Be present. I'm not saying you have to talk to me every day or be in my face every day. Just be present. When I was dating, when I was dating girl, when I, whatever woman that I dated, I never had this issue with. It was always present. Whether I heard from them every day or they texted me every day or at, or at least every other day, they were present. And in turn, I was present with them. Well, not all of them. Ugh. But nonetheless, I made an effort. Because I know how it feels to be one-sided with your effort and not get anything with, with in return. It's, a, it's just a nasty feeling. It's nasty. It's nasty. So I told her that. Just be present. I don't like I shouldn't have to be somebody you fuck to get that. She felt the way because I brought that up. Cause she was like, yo, you the one saying I'm acting like a nigga that you fucked and didn't get a call back. So, so what you're saying is I got to give you dick to get some type of positive treatment? Just treat me right. That's it. I shouldn't have to pull your teeth for that. She said, yeah. And sure enough, she was back on bullshit. So at this moment, we're not talking. I say all that to say... I think I made, well, no, nah, not think. I know I made a mistake reaching back to my ex. And I know this is like 
a person. I know this is something personal that shouldn't be said on a podcast. I know some of y'all, some people might be judgmental. You shouldn't be saying this like, go get a therapist and shit. Nah, in this instance, this is my therapy. I'm talking to y'all. I'm being intimate with y'all. If you don't like it, you can exit out of this podcast now. There are options to utilize utilize them. For those who are still here, I, I appreciate y'all for listening and being understanding and not being judgmental. Thank you. But yeah, I think I made a mistake reaching back out to my ex because every time, whenever I'm near her, it's harm. I'm defensive. I don't trust her. I don't believe any word that she says. Any type of effort I want to get from her, I feel like I'm pulling teeth. You know, whenever she says, whenever I try to hold her accountable, like she won't, like she refuses to be held, to be held accountable. If anything, what she'll do is she'll get upset and then deflect. She'll get upset and deflect and basically just gaslight her way out of accountability. Uh, and the only time I feel like I get any honesty out of her is by pissing her off, by getting her upset. She's basically like a child. The only time they tell the truth is when you piss. The only time they they tell the truth is when you piss them off. So it's like, uh, what good is? What is the point of me going out of my way to salvaging a one-sided friendship? I don't even want the pussy. Pussy's available everywhere. At the barest of minimum, the only, the only thing I ask out of her, out of anyone, is just respect. Which is why when we linked back up again, she was telling me, I love you, I love you. I never said it back to her. Because to me, with love should come automatic respect. I should never have to question your respect towards me. If I question it, then I have no business saying that word to you. At all. Hell, I shouldn't even be calling you friend. Let alone dating you or fucking you on a regular basis or semi-regular basis. With love should come automatic respect. I should never have to question your love. Never give me a reason to question your love. By any means. But, um... I don't know if we'll talk again. I don't know if we'll be in the same presence again. Because I don't want to be in anybody's presence just to, for the need to retaliate or to make them feel how I feel. For that, I could just cut you off, separate you, separate myself from you entirely and go about my business. Because I'm noticing it's been a week since we've talked to each other and honestly, I'm peaceful. I'm peaceful. I feel peaceful, like no aggravation. I don't feel my anxiety, you know. I'm calm, I'm cool. So as I'm talking to y'all, I'm realizing just being around her is harmful. It's harmful for my being overall, mental, emotional. It's harmful. It's very, very harmful. 
But yeah. Again, shout out to my old listeners, shout out to my new listeners. Thank y'all for taking the time out to listen and just being here. I appreciate y'all. Especially when y'all bring in more listeners. <laughs> but um yeah. Check out my website, RileyWrittens.com, R-I-L-E-Y-W-R-I-T-T-E-N-S.com. Um, follow the podcast page on follow the podcast page on social media, Riley Randoms Pod. That's R-I-L-E-Y-R-A-N-D-O-M-S-P-O-D. Both on Twitter and Instagram. Follow my main page as well, Riley Ritz, R-I-L-E-Y-W-R-I-T-T-S. Um, interact with me, say hi, and if you want to donate to the cause, put your money in the metal tip, whatever the fuck, my cash app is dollar sign Riley Ritz, and my PayPal is Riley Ritz, again, R-I-L-E-Y-W-R-I-T-T-S. Y'all should definitely subscribe to my newsletter on RileyRittens.com because I'm going to start doing giveaways, I'm going to start doing discounts, and... I'm definitely send y'all joints firsthand to get y'all opinions, get y'all say so and shit. I want to make y'all feel involved because once I consider you peoples, you you folk. That's my new shit with y'all. Once I consider you folk, I'm sharing my shit with y'all between you and me and shit. So again, shout out to the old listeners, shout out to the new listeners. Um, yeah, and. I already gave y'all the usual phrase, so I'm going to just add something in there, too. Um, follow your discernment. Utilize your discernment. Yeah. Utilize your discernment. And don't kick yourself too hard for seeing the red flags and ignoring them. Because not for nothing, people see the red flags and... Not all of us use our discernment and and get us get ourselves to safety. Instead, we see the red flags, and because we don't think it's gonna harm us, we move forward in the hopes of the relationship we're pursuing works out in our favor. And to be honest, we just human beings in general just really like being liked. When you come across somebody that likes, like, when you come across somebody that you like and they reciprocate that feeling, that's the greatest fucking feeling in the world. That's really hard to come by authentically at that. So, and by the time we get kicked and by the time those red flags come back and kick us in the ass, we feel stupid for not following out instant, following out intuition in the first place. So, user, like, you really utilize your discernment. Follow your intuition, and if you got kicked in the ass by those red flags, it's okay. Heal. Follow that voice more. And, you know, forgive yourself. Um, until then, one.